Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Hey there. Thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of The Shalene Show, where today we are going to address the topic of feeling more confident when you're talking to people, whether that's one-on-one, in front of a group of strangers, speaking up on your next Zoom call, public speaking, or just striking up a casual conversation with a stranger in line at Starbucks. I want to say a special thanks to our friends at Soul CBD, who I can't thank enough for spending the time to listen to me, to hear my concerns with regard to my own sleep, and just some things I wanted to experiment with. And we are so fortunate to have partnered with them on creation of the ultimate sleep gummy. And there's lots of sleep gummies out on the market. There's lots of CBD gummies out on the market. This is so different and frankly, so much more effective than anything else that I'm aware of on the market because of the quality of the ingredients and the combination of the ingredients. So this sleepy gummy combines, are you ready for this? Melatonin, CBD, tea extracts, and cannabinol. Take a look at some of the research on cannabinol and you are going to understand why this particular gummy formulation is so crazy effective. Not to mention, of course, the fact that it's triple lab tested so you don't have to worry about staying sober. It has zero THC. You could give it to your children. You cannot overdose on CBD. It is something that helps to improve and calibrate your central nervous system. That's the CBD part. The cannabinol, which is taken from the cannabis plant, has been found to help people feel drowsy and to stay asleep longer. Again, no THC. You won't wake up feeling groggy. You won't wake up feeling any different other than the fact that you will have gotten a great night's sleep. Now, let me talk about melatonin for a second. Some people do great on melatonin. Some people need a small amount. Some need more. Some people need less. So it's not a one-size-fits-all. So when you get your gummies, and by the way, I do apologize to my friends in Canada because we are not shipping there yet, but when you do get your gummies, give it some time. Experiment. Try a half a gummy for the first couple of nights. See how you feel. Maybe you need a little bit more. Try a whole gummy for a couple of nights. See how you feel. See how you feel after two gummies. It's so different for every person, I have to tell you that. And again, these are all natural ingredients, which is not to say it's 100% cure for everybody, but I can tell you based on the DMs that I get, and that matters a lot to me. Like if people weren't getting insane results, if it were just me that were getting these insane results, I wouldn't be raving about them the way that I have. So I want you to give them a try, especially if sleep has been a struggle for you because it truly is the cornerstone of good health. You get to try them now and get 15% off when you go to mysoulcbd.com 
forward slash Shalene. Again, it is 15% off when you check out. And that gives you 15% off all of their products, but just make sure you grab those sleepy gummies. Oh, two flavors. There's blueberry, lemon, and there's honey chamomile. I personally love the honey chamomile. It has chamomile tea extract and honey. It's softer, but it tastes like chamomile tea with honey. Like it tastes just like that. So if you don't like chamomile tea, which Brett doesn't, then you won't like it. If you like blueberry lemon, you'll love the blueberry lemon. They have a little different texture because they have slightly different ingredients. All 100% organic. You check them out by going to mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen. So the good news is when it comes to being more comfortable and feeling more confident when you're talking to people, when you're speaking in front of people, and it doesn't matter what the setting is, the good news is it is a skill and it's one that you can improve. But it starts with, drum roll please, I know you're not going to be shocked to hear this, it starts with your belief. So if you walk into a party thinking to yourself, I am so awkward, I'm going to embarrass myself, I'm going to stutter, I'm going to trip over my words, I'm going to sound like an idiot, people are going to stare at me, you've already put yourself behind the eight ball. And remember, our beliefs become our reality. So if we believe that's going to happen, that is going to be your reality, or at least your perception of reality. So before you listen any further, just I want you to take a deep breath in and think about what I'm about to say. Anyone and everyone can learn and practice the skills that allow them to be more comfortable and more confident speaking to anyone in any situation. In fact, it's often the way you feel about yourself that makes the situation uncomfortable. Every one of us has been in a conversation with someone who has a really thick accent or a lisp or a stutter, even a smaller vocabulary. You have experienced conversations with people who have all those things. And did it make you think any less of them? Of course not. In fact, in most cases, we find it endearing. But as humans, what we do is we sense other people's level of comfort. And it's just human nature that when we sense that someone's really uncomfortable, it starts to make us really uncomfortable. And then it's just a downward spiral. They're feeling uncomfortable. You're feeling uncomfortable. Nobody really knows why we're feeling uncomfortable. You're getting more in your head and things just take a dive. Those are two things to keep in mind before we get into the science or the skills that you need to learn in order to feel more comfortable and at ease, more confident in these situations. Step one is to have a game plan, especially when it's a planned encounter, a planned engagement, a planned Zoom. It's something other than a surprise interaction. Even walking into Starbucks, even standing in line at the grocery store, dinner with your future in-laws, that cocktail party at your next networking event. Remind yourself that if you're starting to feel awkward, starting to get in your head, starting to feel like, oh gosh, here we go again. I'm, I'm starting to feel uneasy about the fact that I'm going to have conversations with these people. What I want you to do is create a plan. Now we're going to work on that plan as we go through this episode, but I want you to know that every single situation in your life where you're walking into something where your, your confidence is low Instead of blindly walking into those situations without a plan and feeling out of control, I want you to remind yourself that if, if you just jot down a few notes, sometimes you can just even create the plan in your head. I personally 
am the kind of person that I need to put things on paper or at least type out a few ideas on a, a note app in my phone. I feel so much more relaxed, so much more at ease. Heck, you can even use Google for these situations when you feel like you're a horrible conversationalist. So start by knowing that the most confident speakers, the most at ease and casual conversationalists, 90% of the time, they're walking in with a plan. Now, eventually you're going to get so good at this that you don't need to write it down and you will just automatically on autopilot tune into your plan. But from now on, when you know you're about to engage in whatever scenario has you nervous and, and feeling insecure about yourself, start with a plan. Again, we'll talk about the plan in just a moment. Step two is to begin your communication with your body language. This is so huge. It's going to make such a big difference for you and for your listeners, whether it's one or five or a hundred, your body language is communicating without you even having to say a word. You're going to be able to tell your listeners that they can relax. Now, if they relax, that's going to help you to relax. And one thing that helps people to feel relaxed is when they see you relaxed and they see an engaging smile. When they see you relax, your shoulders are down, your body language looks comfortable, even if you're just pretending, I don't care. And think about what, like, what are you doing with your hands? You should be open, not fidgeting, not rounding your shoulders forward, not frowning, not looking serious. Start with your nonverbal communication when you want to speak with confidence. Okay, so now let's talk about the first thing that comes out of your mouth. And this doesn't work in every situation, but in most situations, you'll find a way to make this work. And your opening line, your icebreaker, if you will, your intro, if you will, should be something that for a moment, just a split second, takes the attention or emphasis off of you and puts it back on them and also at the same time demonstrates that you have genuine interest in them. It's not about you. And so what could that sound like? Hi, how are you? Hello, how are you? Even when it's your turn to speak up on your next Zoom meeting, instead of launching into your point or addressing your concerns, whatever, start off by saying, by the way, how is everyone? I'm telling you, it just lowers everybody's shoulders, people relax, whether you're standing in line at Target or walking up to a complete stranger at a networking event. Start with, hi, how are you? How is everybody? Hello, how are you today? When you're encountering someone who there's just like kind of an awkward tension between the two of you, start your conversation off by saying, hello, how are you? So how have you been? Remember how step one was to go in with a plan? This is what I mean. In situations where you know who it is you're going to be speaking to or with, or you might know a few of the people are going to be at the party, or it's your sister-in-law and you haven't seen her in six months, or it's a coworker, do a little preparation beforehand. Figure out something that's been going on in their life, like check out their social media or ask a few people, hey, what so-and-so been up to? By starting with a topic, just asking them about something that's going on in their lives, you automatically lower people's defensiveness, you make them more comfortable, and on a subliminal level, the message you're communicating is, 
I'm interested in you. And that just makes you all the more likable and people's favorite topic is themselves. Okay, so this is going to help you to understand why it has been so hard for you in these situations to communicate with confidence. It's because you've been making it about yourself and not them. If you can make this one simple shift, I guarantee in all situations, you're going to have so much more confidence. Hey, Shaleen, how do I do that? Here it is. Stop performing. Stop thinking about you and start connecting. Whenever you're having a conversation, whether it's with one, 10, 100, 1,000, I want you to remind yourself that your goal is to make your listener more comfortable. And the way that we make people more comfortable is by giving them our attention, by listening, by looking at them, by paying attention. See, if you've gotten into the habit of believing that whenever you're in these situations where you have to communicate with people that your self-confidence goes low and you, you get in your own head, what you've done is turned it into a performance. And now you're entering into those situations already thinking that everyone's judging you. Why am I so awkward? Am I making any sense? Do they think I'm stupid? Do they think I'm interesting? Am I talking too long? Am I talking too fast? Am I talking too slow? Are they bored? Are they interested? Oh no, I can't think of anything else to say. And now we've got this really awkward silence. All of these things, when they're going through your head, that means that you're entering into these situations as a performance versus as a connection. When you enter into any form of communication and you remind yourself, okay, my goal here is not to perform or to communicate so that I impress people, which is a performance, but my, my goal here is to connect with this person. And in order to connect with people, we have to get people to relax. So remember this, no matter what the situation is, everyone else is in their head. I don't care if it's a doctor, lawyer, professional speaker, someone older than you, someone who has more experience than you, all of the things that you think are more er than you, I guarantee that person has these same thoughts to varying degrees. It might be much lower than what it is for you under normal circumstances, but I guarantee if you're a human being, those thoughts are present. I want to take just a moment to remind you how important it is to think on paper. I talk about it all the time. It's so important, especially if you're someone who's easily distracted. You need a notebook with you at all times. This is where you jot down your best ideas. When you think on paper, all of that creativity flows and it, it sends that message out to the universe. It's crazy the things that you can manifest when you put your ideas, your thoughts, your dreams, your intentions on paper. Whether you're looking for a very simple to use, effective day planner or a blank notebook to capture all of your brilliant ideas and brainstorms, the place to go is pushjournal.com. We've got blank notebooks as well as incredibly easy to use day planners. Like this is the day planner I created as someone who has ADHD who needed something super simple. We've got new designs, designs that have more blank pages or our classic push journal with a health tracker as well as blank notebooks that are so cool. They're so adorable. Like it literally will tell people a little something about your personality when they see you writing in this notebook. Check them all out by going to pushjournal.com. All right, back to the show. 
So here's a simple trick that I've been using and teaching for I don't know how long. It's this. Flip the assignment. Imagine that what you're being judged on is your ability to make another person just feel relaxed and comfortable. Okay, so for a moment, rather than thinking about a really intimidating person or an intimidating situation, I want you to think of a situation where you were around someone who was really struggling, like their confidence was low, they were feeling insecure, they were feeling intimidated. Maybe it was even someone much younger than you or a child or someone who was in distress or hurting, someone who was new to the group, new to the community, maybe someone who was struggling to connect or or struggling to communicate because English was their second language, or maybe they were hearing impaired, or maybe they had some neurological disorder that made it difficult for them to communicate. For example, my uncle Ron, before he passed away from Parkinson's, I mean, he was a, a really great communicator, super funny, just as great man who we knew his mind was still there, but the disease began to affect his tone, the way that he was able to convey emotion. It started to affect his speech, his ability to communicate. And and I remember concentrating very hard on trying to stay very calm and showing him in my body language that there was no rush, that he could take all the time he needed to try to explain himself that I wouldn't try to finish his sentences. There certainly was no judgment. It was the disease, obviously, that was impacting his ability to communicate. But because of my love for him, I would make a very conscientious effort to make him feel relaxed, to connect with him, you know, to really make eye contact and to you know raise an eyebrow. Those are things that people look for to be able to tell are we connecting? So one of the things about struggling to be confident with your communication is recognizing that to be a great communicator, you really just have to come up with a couple of good questions and then be a great listener. So again, going back to the beginning where I talked to you about planning ahead, think about who it is you're going to encounter and make a massive brainstormed list of topics that you could discuss and questions that you could ask Simply by getting really good at asking questions, you're going to be a great communicator. People love to talk about themselves. Okay, so again, circling it back to the other person. And with this example with my Uncle Ron, I want you to enter into these situations and imagine that it is your responsibility to make the other person or the listeners feel more at ease. And that that's the only thing that you're going to be judged on is, did I make that person feel comfortable? And if you focus your attention on them, I guarantee you'll feel less like you're in performance mode and much more relaxed because you're in connection mode. In order to connect with people, we have to be relaxed. That's why you've probably noticed that great public speakers, when they come on stage, they often will ask the audience a question, or they'll get the audience to engage in some way, that takes all of the attention off of the speaker and puts it back on the audience. It gives the speaker a moment to like, take a breath. And it gives the audience a chance to say like, oh, okay, it's not all going to be about them. It puts them in their own head for a moment and everyone just starts to relax. And it also helps people to connect. 
But the other way that we connect is by listening. It's asking a question and then giving them body language that you're interested, not rushing to interrupt them, not being afraid of silence. Confident communicators don't need to rush. They don't need to have all the answers. And they don't seek validation. One of the biggest mistakes I see people making when they're having awkward conversations is one party will share a story or something about themselves. And rather than following up with a follow-up question, the person who's more concerned with performance will default into responding to their story with one of their own. We do this in an attempt to connect, to show the other person, oh, I have a story that relates. But what happens is when we do that, it's like we've dismissed their experience and we've turned the conversation back to us. In effect, we've told that person, you're not interesting, but I've got something that's interesting. I witnessed this recently, standing with two other women. I knew both of them. They did not know each other. One of the women shared a story about how her daughter had suffered a a sports injury her senior year in high school, and she was like on her way to get a scholarship, and then she blew out her knee. The other woman, again, in an attempt to connect, said, that's so crazy, the same thing or something very similar happened to my son. And then she launched into a story about her son. The mistake that she made there, and it's not a mistake, but what she missed was an opportunity to connect by listening and being curious. Because certainly I had some questions. I wanted to know, well, how did your daughter deal with that? Did it affect her mentally? How does she feel about soccer today? How long did it take for her to heal? Tell me more about the injury. I mean, there are lots of questions we could have asked, but instead what most of us do is we wait for the other person to stop speaking so that we can then have our turn to try to impress them. But you see, any story that you're going to tell to someone else, it's not stories that impress people. It's curiosity and genuine, sincere interest about them that actually impresses people. Now, at a certain point, yeah, hopefully the conversation goes both ways and the other person may ask you a question. But wait until they do before you go launching into something about yourself. Otherwise, it can really feel like you're trying to one-up them versus showing genuine interest. By the way, a habit that a lot of people have who struggle with confidence when they're speaking is to start conversations with unnecessary qualifiers such as, is it okay if I say something? Would it be all right if I asked a question? Or just the general, can I say something? These are questions that are unnecessary. No one in the history of your life has ever said, no, you can't ask a question. And if they did, it was probably when you were a child and it would explain why you're hanging on to this very childlike, unnecessary conversation qualifier. If you say, can I say something? May I ask a question? No sane adult is going to say no to you. So what's happening there is you're looking for validation before you even start the conversation, which sends a subliminal message to everyone that this person needs our validation. In other words, you're telling everyone that they need to take care of you. And we actually want to do the opposite. 
when we want to feel more confident and make other people feel more relaxed, we don't want them to feel like they're responsible for us. We want people to feel safe around us and to feel relaxed. And the way that people feel safe and relaxed is when they know they're in the presence of someone else who's confident. So just pay attention to your conversations over the next couple of weeks and notice if that's a phrase that you often find yourself qualifying any statement or question that you're about to ask. And instead, replace it with, so how is everybody today? All right, so what I was going to say is, and then just launch into it. If you're in a meeting or in a conversation, another thing that you can do is just compliment or agree with, even if it's in part to agree with, something that was just said or just communicated. In preparation for this episode, another comment many of you made was that you often feel less confident about your communication style when you experience being interrupted. All right, so let's talk about, to finish this up, what that means when you are interrupted and what to do about it. First and foremost, you cannot and should not take it personal. This is about you understanding there's many reasons why people interrupt. It can be habitual, their form of communication, the way that they process. People with ADHD, and I'm not making excuses for myself, it's certainly something I have to work on though, and that's the habit of fearing I'm going to forget what it is I want to say or how it is I want to connect or or what question I want to ask. I fear that I'm going to forget it and I may unintentionally interrupt someone. And people with ADHD and certain forms of processing, this might be why they're interrupting. It's not because you're boring. It is not because you are less important. Sometimes people need to interrupt because of time pressures. If we're on a Zoom call that's been scheduled to last 30 minutes and you're going a little long, don't be surprised and certainly don't take it personal that it's a matter of time. Those who are very comfortable and confident in their communication styles are more likely to be the ones who are interrupting, which means those who are less confident in their speaking style, in their communication in general, tend to be the ones who are more often interrupt. Now, of course, there are those relationships where it's like this one person always interrupts everybody. That's something different. If, however, it feels like people, a lot of people regularly interrupt you, the common denominator is you. So you need to take it far less personal, number one. And number two, if it's happening regularly, it's time to examine your own communication style. Are you leaving long pauses between thoughts? If so, that's okay. Understand that you're inviting people. They think that those pauses are invitations to add to the conversation, an invitation to fill in the blank. So you have two choices. You can practice keeping your conversations more succinct, maybe leaving out some of the detail or not taking so long to pause between thoughts. If, however, that feels very unnatural to you and it's gonna make you feel rushed, then what you need to learn to do is to communicate to your listener, oh, hold on, let me finish. Do not be afraid to say that word. That phrase communicates confidence. One of my friends recently shared the story with me that they have a coworker who, whenever they're exchanging ideas, etc., the coworker will just interrupt and, and talk over her. And I said, have you said, oh, hold on, let, let me finish. And she said, no, you know, this is a new person. We've had just a few interactions, but every single time we do, this person 
will interrupt before I'm able to finish my explanation or finish my thought. My advice in that situation is not to take it personally, number one, and don't allow your frustration and anger to come through. Instead, remember, it's not personal. It's this person's communication style. And we teach people how to communicate with us as politely as possible. You just simply say, oh, I definitely want to hear that. Let me just finish explaining myself. A confident communicator needs to communicate effectively. And in order to communicate effectively, you've got to finish your thought or finish your sentence. And if this person isn't allowing you to do that, again, don't take it personal, but simply say to them, oh, I really want to hear that. Hold, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Let me just finish this. And if that doesn't work or if that approach makes you feel uncomfortable, like you're just like, I do not interrupt people. That's just so rude. I can't interrupt someone who's interrupted me. Well, then the other option for you is to, when they finish, say, okay, so what I was saying before I was interrupted is, and then you finish your thought. And hopefully they'll get the picture. It might just take a few times. Not only should you not be afraid to say this, You need to say this. That's how communication works. Communication goes back and forth. Everyone has different communication styles based on the way their brain processes, based on the communication that they grew up with, based on their learned communication, based on what they're comfortable with. Don't take it personal. Don't assume that there's something wrong with you. But do remember, you have every right to finish communicating. Make it low key. Just say, oh, hold up, hold up. Let me just, let me finish this. Let me finish this thought and then then we'll get to that. Or hang on, I wasn't done yet. Let me finish explaining this. The way you make this least awkward is by just not making a big deal about it. Like, don't get all salty. Don't be all offended. Don't become a victim when somebody interrupts you. And if neither of those techniques work, then it's really important that you calmly, without accusation, communicate to the offender. Obviously, this isn't something you're going to do if it's somebody you just met at a party, networking. But if it's it's your dad who's always interrupting you or it's your significant other or a coworker who's every single time you try to say something, they interrupt you. Again, keep it very low key. Remember, it's probably not personal. I bet a million bucks they have no idea that they're doing it coming from someone who has a tendency to do that. It does not come from a personal place. And so therefore, if someone were to say to me, hey, it's really rude when you interrupt me, that can make it feel like a character attack. It can feel very personal. It can make me feel very defensive, which is counterproductive. A better technique is to simply communicate to the other person how it makes you feel. Frame it from your own perspective. You know, I know that sometimes you've got great ideas or thoughts and maybe your brain works faster than mine, but if you don't mind just allowing me to finish, I, you know, I notice sometimes you, more often than I, I'd like, you you interrupt and, and then I forget my train of thought. So you make it about yourself, not like you interrupt me and that's rude. Help them to understand how it impacts your communication style and and just simply ask them what it is you'd like for them to work on, but don't take it personal. And what you have to say matters, your voice matters, but you are your best advocate. Listen, I mean, we're talking about confidence when we communicate, and one of the most important things that we can do is is practice these things. If you want to become a more confident 
communicator, you have to practice. You have to practice when you're out in public. You've got to create a plan before you walk into Starbucks. You've got to put down on paper some questions you're going to ask before you go to that networking meeting. You're going to think about how it is you're going to make your point today on that Zoom call with your coworkers because confidence comes with experience, right? The more we step into or step towards something that scares us and realize it wasn't that bad and we're going to get better at it, well, that improves our confidence. Avoiding things does not help our confidence. So if you struggle with social anxiety, if you struggle to have conversations with people, and so therefore because of that, you're, you're avoiding doing that, you will not be able to just listen to a podcast or read a blog or even buy a book about confidence and improve your confidence. Confidence improves with evidence, with experience. So the more times we do something, the more experience we have at something, the better we get at it and the more our confidence improves. That is how confidence works. It's like a muscle. You have to actually work it. You have to do the thing that you're afraid to do. You have to do the thing that you feel like you're not very good at. And so therefore, you have this negative belief around it. You have low confidence. You have low self-esteem around this particular thing. And then if you do it enough, each time you do it, you realize that wasn't so bad. I didn't die. And it was actually a little better this time than it was last time. Your confidence improves. So your assignment after listening to this episode is to put into practice, like listen to this episode, write down some notes. If you want to be more confident with your communication style, start practicing these things. I guarantee it's a skill anyone can master. I don't care how old you are, what your history has been, you can improve your ability to communicate confidently, succinctly be interesting, be curious, be engaging, and have people feel like, wow, we just had a great conversation, even though 90% of the time you were probably just listening. I mean, by the way, thank you for listening to me today. You just spent 30 minutes of, of listening, and I really do appreciate that. So hopefully this was in some way useful to you. If it was, please do me a favor. I would love for you to write a review for the show. It really does help so much. You can't even imagine how much it helps our show to reach sponsors, to climb in the charts, to reach new people. And I'm always trying to, you know, bring new people into our community, which, of course, I want to thank you for being a part of. All right. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you Friday. Hey, it's Kristen, Shaleen's podcast manager. Look at you. You made it all the way to the end. That's awesome. If you love this episode, which I'm sure you did, why don't you go leave Shaleen a review? She would love to know which episode it was and why you liked it. What hit home with you? Shalene literally reads every single review. She loves hearing your feedback and she uses your comments and your ideas for future episodes. So go leave a review. And while you're at it, could you check to make sure you're subscribed? That way you will never miss a single episode of The Shalene Show which we release on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, every single week. Now, if you need a little bit more podcasting to fill up your time on Tuesdays and Thursdays, did you know that Shalene has another podcast that she co-hosts with her son, Brock? Yep, she does. It's called Build Your Tribe. And that podcast is all about business and marketing but also devoted to helping you make more money 
so you can live more life. If you need Shalene all the time and you're the ultimate lifer, then you have got to check out The Shalene Show on Patreon. Shalene is so personal. She spills the tea on everything that she can't on her regular podcast. And you also get bread. Completely unedited, unfiltered, and hilariously confident about everything. You can find it at patreon.com forward slash The Shalene Show. Anyways, thanks for listening. And remember, anything that we reference in this episode, including the links to our show sponsors and links to the other podcasts, can be found in the show notes below. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.